Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Pastor started a, a, a series called Minefields, and so I want to kind of continue with that series, but I, I'm going to talk to you today about something, to be honest with you, it's been a, this is, what, what I'm going to share with you guys today has actually been one of the most difficult struggles I've had over the last couple of years. I want to talk to you today on the lines of unmet expectations. Has anybody ever been there? Unmet expectations. I want to talk to you today about some things that, just in real life, some of the things that I've struggled with. But I want you to see it from the Word of God. I want you to see it and how the enemy loves to play in our mind. He, this is an entire battlefield, and we know that. And there's minefields that, that the enemy loves to use. But I want, I want to come at it from a different angle today that maybe you've never even thought about. Because this is something that I've had to deal with in my life. So if you guys got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 2 Kings 4. 2 Kings 4. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 17. I am going to be reading from the Amplified Version. So it'll be up on the screen. It's going to look a little bit different than most of your Bibles probably. I like the Amplified Version. It gives me a little bit extra. Gives me a little bit extra when I'm going through it. So 2 Kings 4, 8 through 17, it says, Now there came a day when Elisha went over to Shunem, where there was a prominent and influential woman, and she persuaded him to eat a meal. You ever been in somebody's house where they make you eat? I love going to those kind of houses. Come on now. Somebody that makes you eat. I like that. I like that. I like that. She persuaded him to eat a meal. I'm sure it wasn't difficult for him to accept. Afterward. When he passed by, he stopped there for a meal. She said to her husband, Behold, I sense that this is a holy man of God who frequently passes our way. Please, let us make a small, fully walled upper room. I love that. On the housetop and put a bed in there for him with a table, a chair, and a lampstand. Then whenever he comes to visit us, he can turn in there. One day he came there and turned into the upper room. And he laid down to rest. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Now he said to Gehazi, say to her now, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can I do for you? Would you like to be mentioned to the king or to the captain of the army? She answered, I live among my people in peace and security and I don't need nothing. I don't need anything. Later, Elisha said, What then is it to be done for her? Well, she has no son. She has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her, call her, call her. So he called her and she came and stood in the doorway. Elisha said, at this season next year, you will embrace a son. I want you to notice this part. She said, no, my Lord. No, my Lord. Oh, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. You know what that is? That's that's fractured faith. That's somebody that's been crying out for something and and they haven't received it. That's somebody that's went through life and had a difficult time and, and has asked maybe God for something and, and they didn't get it right when they thought that they should have gotten it. That's what you're seeing right there. You're seeing a, a lady that's saying, no, my Lord, oh man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. I can't, I don't want to be disappointed anymore. I don't want to be disappointed. But here's verse 17. But the woman conceived... And gave birth to a son at that season, the next year. It's the same season, just the next year. 
just as Elisha has said to her. You know, this morning, I don't know about you guys, but I love a good restaurant. Anybody else? Like, I mean, I like to go, and I like, all right, there was something that was introduced to me the other day, and this actually isn't a restaurant, but it's Parlor Donuts in Huntsville. Miss Phyllis introduced that to me. Guys, I've, we, we had like a couple weeks ago, and now I've had like three or four times. Yo, yeah, 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 because it's so good. I mean, it's, it's incredible. But I love to go out. I love to eat. I love to eat. I, I love Mexican food. That, and I told you guys that before. I love it. I could eat it every night. But I love going with people that know how to order. I love going with people that know how to eat. Y'all don't even understand. Look, hey, look, I, I'm raised, I, my, my whole household. See, all right, in, in, when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I like the yellow cheese dip. I don't want the white cheese dip. But my kids and my family, they all like the white cheese dip. So guess what we get? The white cheese dip. I might get the yellow cheese dip for Father's Day. But I love it. I, and I love going. And so there was something that was introduced to me. I think we were uh, maybe gathering as a staff or whatever. And, and Miss Phyllis introduced something to me. It's incredible. She brought out the yellow cheese dip. So already she had my heart. And then here's what she says. She, I was about to dip. I was about to take the chip. And I was going to dip into the yellow cheese dip. And she said, Stop. And I'm like, I don't want to say, hey, this is my one time to eat this yellow cheese dip that I love. And she's like, stop. And she made she said, she had them bring fresh tortillas, homemade from Rosie's. And so we, she said, you rip it like this, twist it, and then you dip it in the cheese dip. Hey, some of y'all are getting hungry right now, aren't you? Hey, y'all getting hungry. I, guys, I dipped it in the cheese dip. And I'm telling you, God showed up right there in that restaurant. Changed my life. Changed my life. And, I, and man, I was like grabbing all the tortillas, man. I was like, I don't even need really anything else, man. But I still order something else. Because you know that's what we got to do, right? I, I was dipping. And, and, but I love going with people that can tell you that know how to eat, that know how to order. I love that. But have you ever, I want you to think about something for a minute. If you go to a restaurant and you look at the menu, and typically what they do, they're going to bring you the the water. They're going to bring you the bread. And you look at this menu and it's got all these different options. And the waiter or the waitress comes up to you and says, what would you like to order? And you looked at them and you said, I'm good. I'm good with the bread. And I'm good with the water. I don't want anything that you have on this menu. I'm satisfied with where I'm at. I want you to think about it just for a moment. Because I feel like the Holy Spirit sent me to talk to the bread and the water people. The bread and the water people. The people that have been satisfied. The people that have been satisfied. I feel like... That there's times in our lives, and I want you to hear me, this is coming from a place that I've had to walk through. There's times where you get in your life and you can settle. You can settle for less than what God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. 
And here it is. He's got this menu. There's this menu right there. But you're saying, no, no, no. I'm okay with the bread and the water. What is the issue? I feel like God is saying something to us today. What do you want to order? What do you want to order? When you look at your life, when you look at your past, when you look at your future, when you look at the details of your life, when you look at your children, when you look at your finances, when you look at your business, when you look at your marriage, what is it that you need to order? Some of you in this room, maybe it's peace. Well, why not order peace? Some of you in this room, it may be blessings. Why not call on blessings? But some of you guys are struggling with your life. Why not call on the great physician to come in and to change and to heal and to do something that only he can do in those moments? Do you need a miracle? Why not order that? Why is it that so many of us are in need, but we choose not to ask? God sent me to talk to you about the bread and the water. The bread and the water. Because we serve a God who has more. We serve a God who has more. I will brag on my God. In all the days of my life, I will brag on him. In Ephesians 3.20, he says that he'll do exceedingly. Come on. Abundantly. More than you can what? Think or imagine. It, it's an incredible, it's an incredible statement by our God. And John Maxwell said a statement. And this, this, this right here has wrecked me this week. The primary limitation in our life is our low expectations for ourselves and others. And then he says this. He says, when we expect minimum results, that's usually what we get. When we expect minimum results, that's usually what we get. So why are we settling for the minimal in our marriage? Why are we settling for the minimum in our children? Why are we settling for the minimum in our life when we serve a God who has more? And He has more for you. He has more for us. You see, there's so many of us, man, we get to the place where we're happy just to be in the room. And I'm going to tell you, that's not enough. Because God doesn't want you to just be happy that you're in the room. He wants you to realize that you serve a good God who loves you, who wants to do great things in and through you in this hour. I don't want to be just happy in the room. I want to make a difference in the room. And so you think that on this, he's, he's saying, I want, to, I want to give this to you. And see, the Holy Spirit saying, he's like, son and daughter, I got so much more for you. I want, to, I want to grant this to you. I want to give this to you. You don't have to work for it. My cross worked it. My cross worked it. Just receive it. And so we got to allow him, his power, his limitless power just to come in. And to do what only he can do. And so in this moment, this woman, is, is she's presented with a question. What do you want? What do you need? What is it that I can do for you? And she says nothing. Says nothing. She's presented with an opportunity. Given the opportunity. What is it you want? What is it that you need? And she's saying, like a lot of us would say, like I would say for a long time, is I'm good. I'm good. And yet, it's obvious by her response that she does, she doesn't just want a child. She desperately wants a child. She desperately wants. And see, there's nothing wrong with the woman, with this woman wanting a child. It's heretical to think that we should not be able to ask or think for more in our lives. Because we serve a God who says, I want to give you everything. 
I want to give you everything, everything that I have for you. Do you want to be a mother? If it's in my will, you'll be a mother. Do you want to be a father? If it's in my will, you'll be a father. You want to be, you want to be married, have a great life? If it's in my will, you'll be married. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if it's in my will, you'll be an entrepreneur. We serve a God who has more for us. More for us. And so, this woman, she chooses not to ask. She chooses not to ask anything in this moment. Although she's desperate. She desperately wants a child. When the prophet says, by this time next year, you will not only be pregnant, you will be holding a baby in your arms. And her response tells us everything. No, sir. No, sir. Please do not lie to me. I know you're the man of God. I know you're the man of God, and I want this so bad. Did you hear me? I want this so bad, and it's been a really long time. It's been a really long time. It's been a difficult season. It's been a difficult life, and I thought that my life was over. I thought that this season was over. Check, check. There we are. I thought that my life was over. I thought that this season was over. I thought that this was not for me. And you know what the Holy Spirit is saying this morning? I want you to hear me. For this woman, she was saying, I think, I thought it was all over. It's all over for me. This season was over for me. But what the Holy Spirit is saying to us at Calvary this morning, I want you to hear me. It might not happen in this season, but don't shortchange the next season. I have more in front of you. I have more in front of you. And I want to challenge you if there's anybody in the room that says, I want everything that God has for me in this season. I want everything that God has for me right now. I want you to give him some praise right there where you're at. God, we worship you and we love you. We love you. Don't shortchange the next season. Don't shortchange the next season. There's nothing wrong with asking for more. There's nothing wrong with it. And yet, this woman, she chooses not to ask. I'm good. I got everything I need. I got everything I need. I love her response. Because there's like something about it. It shows that she's content. Okay? It shows that she's content. She wasn't serving the man of God. To try to get something in return. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't like trying to like give her way to her healing. Or some of that stuff that they tell us. She wasn't trying to do any of that stuff. She was just serving. She was pure hearted. She is simply using what she has to help. She's a faithful believer. She's faithful and she's content. Did you hear me? She's faithful and she's content. But I want you to understand something. There is a fine line. With being content in your faith. Hear me. There's a fine line with being content in your faith and believing that your faith cannot produce more. Did you hear me? There's a fine line with being content in your faith and, and, and believing that your faith cannot produce more. See, this woman, although she's amazing, she's incredible, she's generous, she's kind to the prophet. She's, this is a very, she, she has a very tricky combination that so many other believers have. That so many other people deal with. She is faithful, but she's content. She's like, this is all that is supposed to be. Faithful and content. If I were to describe someone to you, and I said this, they're faithful and they're content, you would think, man, those are incredible qualities, right? 
you'd be like, man, that's, that's an incredible characteristic that they have. However, for her, that's not the case. I want you to hear me. And for so many of us, the same. She's content, but she's faithful. She's faithful, but she's also content. It's a dangerous combination. Because it gets you to the place to where you can say that all day long, but you can be content in something you're not supposed to live in. You can be content in something that you're supposed to continue believing for. Did you hear me? Now, on one side of it, let's do this. Let's celebrate her faithfulness. Let's celebrate her faithfulness. Faithfulness is a beautiful thing, right? We need more believers that are faithful. We need more believers that are willing to run the race and finish the race. We need more believers that wake up even though life has thrown them curveballs and things have gone wrong in their life. We need more believers that will say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to praise God anyways. I'm going to worship God. I love faithfulness. It's all about faithfulness. Faithfulness, faithfulness. It's, a, it's an incredible, it's so important. I love those type of people that even though, man, life has thrown them something. It's a, it's a bad situation. It's a bad circumstance, but they'll get up and they'll worship anyways. They'll get up and praise anyways. And, and they'll match their faith with yours in those moments. Have you ever been that? It's, it's a beautiful thing to see people that are faithful even with unmet expectations. It's a beautiful thing. Yet they'll sit, they'll sit there and they'll serve the church, they'll, work, they'll worship. You know, show me a Christian. Show me a believer. Show me a man of God or a woman of God who is faithful with unmet expectations. And I'll show you somebody that needs to be marveled at. I'll show you somebody. See, that's what we need to be, that's what we need to be embracing. Not the one that already has the testimony. That's, a, that's awesome too. But I'm talking about the, I'm not talking about the after picture. I'm talking about the person that's in the in-between moment of their life. They don't have their breakthrough yet. They don't have their answer yet. They're stuck in between somewhere. And they're still faithful. They're still showing up. That's an incredible thing to be marveled at. You see, that, that type of person is like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen with this situation. I don't know what's going to happen with that bill. I don't know what's going to happen in my finances. I don't know what next week looks like. I don't know what next year looks like. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I will worship you come hell or high water. I will praise you because everything you have given me is enough. The blood is enough. The cross is enough. Everything you've done in my life is enough. Even if you didn't do anything else for me the rest of my life, I will serve you. I will worship you. It's all about faithfulness. Faithful. She's faithful in this moment. She's faithful. She's faithful. You see, we make so much about so many different things. Like, did you see how well they preached? Did you hear how well they were singing? Yes, but did you check out their faithfulness? Did you, what did their character look like? What does their family life look like? What is their, what, what is their marriage looking like? What is their situation, what, what are, are they faithful? What is, what is, what is their safari history look like? What are they posting on social media and on Instagram and Facebook? Are they faithful? Are they walking with Jesus? See, we make a big deal about all this stuff that really doesn't matter. Are you faithful? Am I walking it out every day? Am I living this thing every day? Am I the same person that, that walks in this church as walks out of this church? It's a big deal to be faithful in this day and age. It's a big deal. You see, in the day and age, we, we'll platform anybody. 
And I want to tell you, it's time for a church that looks at it and they're like, whoa, whoa, hang on a second. Are they faithful? Are they faithful? Are they faithful? Are they faithful? You know, there may be people in this room like, and I would argue with this. You may say, he hasn't been faithful to me. Have you ever been in that, felt like that? Maybe you didn't say that, but I would argue with you that he has been faithful. But, but for the sake of argument. Let's say he hasn't. He doesn't have to be faithful to you. He died for you. He saved you. He didn't treat us as our sins deserve. We serve a good God that even though I deserve death, hell, and all those things, he came in and rescued me. That's enough. That's enough reason for me to praise. And if you can't praise, you're missing it. You're missing it in that moment. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Let's get excited about faithfulness, right? Let's get excited about faithfulness. Let's get excited about the people that just show up. That just show up. We don't even, in this passage, we don't even know her name. We don't know her name, but who cares what her name is? Who cares what her name is? Her life points to her God, and that's all that matters. Who cares in that moment? You see, in this generation, there's a lot of people that says, I want this. I want the platform. I want the bigger. I want the better. I want all that. Without taking the proper steps of consistency, of faithfulness, 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 faithfulness. Are you hearing me? Faithfulness. That's a big deal. And so for her and and for this generation, I want you to hear me. You don't, we need to be the type of people that says, you don't need to know me. As long as you can see God in me, it doesn't matter. If you see me more than God, there's an issue. Are you with me? If if you know more about my accolades than what God is doing in my life, then there's an issue. I don't want another platform in my life. I've gotten to the place, I don't care about the platform. I don't care about any of these things. I want the presence. I want his presence. I want his presence. And God is looking for people that say, I'm going to be faithful. Just like this lady. You see... In this moment, she didn't get her breakthrough. A lot of her life, she didn't get her breakthrough. She didn't get her miracle. You know, some of us that they are in this room, maybe you haven't gotten your miracle yet. You haven't gotten your breakthrough yet. Maybe you filled out the prayer request and, and, and you still haven't gotten the response. But you remained faithful. Can we celebrate those things? Can we write books about those things? Can we preach about those things? Can we preach about the people that have laid it all on the line to serve God? Can we do that? Can we make that a thing that we chase after? Faithfulness, faithfulness. There's people in this room, man, you, doing with, uh, doing with people that, that are, uh, wanting to be on a platform or whatever. I've had, I've had people look at me in the eye and say, when am I going to get my shot? When am I going to get my shot? You get your shot every morning that you wake up breathing to be faithful. Did you hear me? To be faithful. We get our shot every morning to be faithful. And so she's faithful. She's faithful. I'm encouraged by her consistency. And I'm, I'm encouraged by her willingness to even help Elisha while having unmet expectations. So here's the question. This is what you need to hear me uh, with this morning. Can you remain committed even when you don't get what you want? Can we remain committed even when I don't get what I want? See, even when I don't see it, I know 
He's working. Even when I don't feel it, I know that he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when I don't understand it, he's working. See, can I remain committed? Even when I don't get what I want in the moment, can I stay there? You see, here's what you need to understand. There are some benefits to faithfulness. You will be blessed. That's the benefit. You will be blessed. It seems like a longer path. Sometimes it seems longer. But that's how God works. You know that God is more like a crock pot than a microwave. You know, it might take a little bit longer. But at the end, it's going to be real good. You know what I'm saying? At the end, it's going to be good. It's going to work out. You see, you need to understand in Proverbs 28, 20, it says a faithful person will be richly blessed. This woman does become blessed with a baby that she wasn't even bold enough to ask for. But because of her faithfulness, she receives it. She's faithful and she's gifted. And because she's faithful, she stewards her gift properly. Here's what it says in Proverbs 18, 16. It says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Because she was faithful in utilizing her gift, what was her gift? Hospitality. Hospitality. Her gift was hospitality. That was her gift. She had the gift of hospitality because she utilized, when she utilized her gift of hospitality, look, she welcomed in this man of God. This man of God came into her life. She used her gift of hospitality. Did you know that hospitality is a spiritual gift? Do you, do you realize that it's, it's equal to every other spiritual gift? The title doesn't sound as cool because everybody wants to be a prophet or an apostle. No, but the greatest prophets are the ones that serve. Jesus came in. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to serve. And she was a servant. She had the gift of hospitality. And 1 Peter 4, 9, it says, offer hospitality. Listen to me. I'm going somewhere. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Do it without complaining. And let me just throw this in there. Stop posting about your hospitality. Please stop. Hey, we're not inspired. We're actually grieved. We're grieved because let me, let me say something to you. We're not inspired by it. Hospitality doesn't need to be showboated or showcased. Hospitality has its own sound. You will be found out whether you like it or not when God is ready. It doesn't have to be showboated. It has its own style. And so it says, offer hospitality one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have to receive, the gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. In Romans 12, 6, I want you to hear me. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. Now, I'm going to go out on the limb today. I'm going to go out on the limb. I, all right, let me say this. I would bet most everybody in this room is not going to be a prophet. I'm just going to go on the limb. I'm going to go on the limb and say not everybody in this room is going to be a prophet. Not everybody's going to, not, not everybody may, you may not even operate in the gift of prophecy, but each and every one of us should aspire what you hear me should aspire to develop the spiritual gift of serving. 
Did you hear me? The spiritual gift of serving. We should aspire to develop that. And, and here's the first person. Would you hear me? Here's the first person you need to be hospitable to. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The first person I need to be hospitable to is the Holy Spirit. You need to say this morning, you need to say this. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my mind. I welcome you into my heart. It is given to us. I want you to hear me. It is This gift is given to us by the Holy Spirit, by God's grace, and is used to serve others. Each Christian has different gifts, and that is what enables the church to function and care for the needs of the members. If you want to see Calvary go to the next level, if you want to see us go to the next level, to grow and to thrive, I want you to understand something. We don't need a... We don't need any more talent on the platform. We got great talent. Our pastor is incredible. Guys, I was up super early this morning shaking in my boots because I had to fill these shoes. It's scary because I know the mantle he carries. So I'm not talking about that. We have a great pastor that can teach the word, in my opinion, better than anybody else on this planet. I believe that. But I want you to understand, if we want to see this church go to the next level, if we want to see us grow and begin to thrive, it's not more talent on the stage. If you want to see this church grow and thrive, serve. 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 There are churches that start big and they die off because the preaching gift stops or because the worship gift stops. I don't think it, actually, in my mind, I don't think the church is supposed to work that way. I love, I love how we do, th- I love our church, I love everything about it, but I think, I, I want you to understand, if we want to see this church go on, for the generations, for the children's children, we better serve. We better serve. You see, here's what happens. We serve one another. Notice what she does. She makes room, she makes a room, the upper room. She, she creates a whole room for this prophet. And she uses her gift of hospitality. And because she made room for Elisha, this is one of my favorite parts, the Holy Spirit was able to make room for her. Because she made room for Elisha. You see, because she made room for Elisha's ministry, the ministry happened to her. For her. She she used her gift of hospitality to welcome the prophet. Then in turn, the prophet used his gift. He used his gift to prophesy over her. Your gift will make room for you. Did you hear me? Your gift will make room for you. You may say, man, Pastor Josh, I can't preach. I can't teach. I can't do it. Don't worry about that. We can all serve. Man, Pastor Josh, I can't do this. I can't, I'm not really comfortable in praying over people. I'm not really comfortable in those type of things. No, but you can serve. You can serve. There's, there's ways. There's things that you can begin to do that guess what will make that your gift will make room for you. I think too often that we interpret that scripture like it'll make room so that people can see me. So that people can, there'll be a spotlight on me in that moment. I, this is, you make room so the Holy Spirit can bless you. You make room so the Holy Spirit can be activated inside of you. You make room, and what's better? I want you to understand what's better. The accolades of man or the blessing of God? You give me the blessing of God over men all day long. I'll take the blessing of God over everything else in my life. You see, I don't need another platform. I don't need another platform. See, Holy Spirit, this is what we got to say today. Holy Spirit, you have room in my mind. You have room in my mind. 
You have room in my heart. You have room in my mouth. You have room in my hands. You have room in my feet. You have room in my body, my finances, my church, my children, my marriage. Have room. Have, have room. Have, have room in my life, Holy Spirit. Have room. You see what, what the Holy Spirit is saying today to all of us. It's time to make room for Him. It's time to make room for Him. And here's what happened. It all happened because she made room. She was not given to get. Her motives were correct, but she, because she gave, she received. And because she made room for God, listen, God made room to do God things for her. By this time, at this time, next season, this season, next year, by this time next year, you will carry a baby. But we talked about her response. As as faithful as she is, as awesome as she is, She says, no, Lord, don't trick me. Don't you dare. Don't you trick me. Don't lie to me. She's faithful, but she's also faithless. You can be faithful and faithless at the same time. At the same time, you can can be faithful. You can be faithful. You can be consistent. You can show up every week. You You can be faithful in school. You can be faithful at your job. You can serve on the worship team every week. You can be faithful with the tech team. You can be on the prayer team. You can, be, you can play the drums or you can play the keys or you can sing. And you can be faithful with your gift while simultaneously being faithless in your life. Did you hear me? Faithful in using your gift. Why doesn't she mention it? When given the opportunity, what she really wanted. Why didn't she mention it? Why didn't she say? Why didn't she say, I want a baby. I want this. Why didn't she mention it? Here's why. I want you to hear me. She didn't believe it could happen for her. She didn't believe it could happen for her. You see, it'll happen for everybody else. It'll happen for everybody else. I believe you. I can believe with you for your healing. I can believe with you for your breakthrough, but for me, I'm not sure. She didn't believe it. She didn't believe it. Why? She didn't believe it could happen for her. She didn't think it. She couldn't imagine it. She didn't have this understanding. She, she knew that she served the God that was exceedingly and abundantly greater than she could think or ever imagine, but not necessarily for her. Have you ever been there? I have been there. I have prayed over my parents. And in the last couple of years, I, I've, I've, I, I wondered, anybody hear me? Have you ever been there? You're like, breakthrough. And I'm seeing, when we, we've prayed over people in this room, we've had cancer healed in this room. Do you realize that? We've had people that had diabetes completely set free. We've had people, we've had all kinds of breakthroughs, healings, miracles, and all this stuff. And then I, I was asking, I was, I was being, I felt like in a lot of ways at times I was being super selfish, but I'm crying out for my parents. And I'm like, and I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it. You ever been there? Thinking and believing for other people for breakthrough. And seeing breakthrough in my life, seeing it happen in front of my eyes. In staff meetings where we've had people, where we were having reports of people being miraculously healed of cancer. Reports where it's all gone. And you're like, God, I I know I can believe for them. I can believe for them. 
And I know you're exceedingly, abundantly all I could ever think or imagine, but maybe not just for me. Maybe it's for everybody else. Maybe it's just for everybody else. She must have looked, I want you to hear me, she must have looked at her circumstance and thought that there's not enough room for a miracle. There's not enough room for a miracle. There's not enough room for a miracle in me. There's enough room for their miracle. There's enough room for their breakthrough. But for me, in my marriage, I don't know. I'm just not that special. I'm not that person. See, the thing is, you don't realize whose you are. And I said that right. You don't realize that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That Jesus, that God, he created you. He created everything about you. Inside of your mother's womb, he formed you. He pieced you together bit by bit. He has a destiny and purpose and calling over each and every one of you. Even though we don't know her name, please understand, God did. He knew her name. God knew her name exactly. And he knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your struggle. He knows your disappointment. He knows your name this morning. He knows what you want, so just ask. See, the problem with me is I got to a place where I didn't want to ask no more. I didn't want to be disappointed. I didn't want to ask. He knows what you need, so just ask. So, how, how would it how would it keep somebody from asking? Well, I, I don't think I would get it. I didn't think that it could happen for me. I'm older. The husband's older. I, I, I expected it in another season. And I didn't get it then. Why would I waste my time? I'm just going to go on. I'm going to be content. I'm going to be content in my life. I'm living a good life right now. My bills are paid. I got things going for me. I have friends. I have family. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to ask for anything. Look, I'm okay with what I have. What would keep her from asking? But we learn from this woman is that although she does not ask, she does receive. What we learn from her is although she doesn't ask, she does receive. And in fact, I want you to hear this. I believe she did ask in previous seasons. I believe that maybe she had a couple of prophets come up to her and say that you're going to have a baby. I mean, there may have been some, some moments where maybe she's had some miscarriages. Maybe she had been believing for it, but things just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't go in the way that she thought it would. And so... And, I believe that she actually did ask for this miracle in previous seasons. And even though she didn't ask in, in this moment, that did not stop her from getting those prayers that she had already prayed. Let me encourage you. Those prayers that you prayed in one season, hear me, that you cried over, that you fought over. You ever been in those seasons where you're on your knees begging have you ever been in that moment where you're on your knees begging God to show up? Those moments where tears are flowing, where nobody else sees you. Or maybe you're walking and, and, and there's some difficult things that are going on in your life. They're going, they're happening right there. And you're on your face before God. You're crying out. You're crying out. You're begging God. Maybe there's a prodigal son or daughter that you've been crying over. You've been begging or a husband or a wife that's been walking away from the Lord. And you're on your face crying. What I feel like I need to tell you this morning is that the Holy Spirit has not forgotten those tears. Actually, he's taken those tears and he's bottled them up in jars of clay. And in a season, we don't know when it's coming, but the breakthrough is coming. And what I feel like to tell you today is this, is I'm going, that the Holy Spirit is going to 
take care of you in this moment, and he's going to provide for you in this moment. Now, here's the thing. If he would have given you the baby in that season, then the family would have been blessed. And that's good, but I want you to hear me. But if I give you the baby in another season when you shouldn't be able to have a baby, the whole family is blessed. Do you hear me? The whole family is blessed. See, I'm doing it for my church. I'm doing it for the brothers and sisters. I'm doing it for the the people that lack faith and zeal. I'm doing it through you. Just keep on serving me because guess what? I got you. Because guess what? You you may not you may not have it right now, but in it, by this time next year you're going to be carrying that baby. You see, when I no longer believe it, he's still working. When I no longer believe it, he's still moving. He's still figuring it out. He's still maneuvering. He's still doing what he does. He's still planning. Look at God. And so the encouragement I have simply that I want to give you today is do not settle for what you have. Believe that God has more. Because when you make room for God, God will make room for you. He will make room for every desire that aligns with his will. Now, I want you to hear me. Now, we all know the verse that says God will give you the desires of your heart, right? I was a youth pastor for a long time. And so all the kids, when we talk about that, you know what they do? Uh, they see that girl, that guy walk by. Like, that's mine. My desire. That, I want that. I want that. You know what I'm saying? That's what. But, but listen, but listen. Here, here's, here's what you need to know. God, what, what they're really saying is, God, I want a husband or I want a wife. And so what, what God does is he's like, he's like, I'm going to give you the true desires of your heart. Not the desires in the moment. Did you hear me? Not the desires in the moment. But trust me, I'm not going to just give you what you want. If he gave us what he wanted when we wanted it, he would be nothing more than a genie. This isn't Aladdin. This isn't the whole genie thing. He's not a genie in a bottle. I will give you what you need when you need it. Did you hear me? I will give you what you want in seasons when it's not supposed to happen because I don't operate in time or space. I'm God. You hear me? You see, I know what the doctor says. I know what the bank said. I know what the husband said. I know what the child said, but you better get ready. This is what I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell this church today. Told me to tell you guys. You better get ready because I felt like he's about to pour down his favor and I felt like he's about to pour down his blessings on us. I felt like the miracle is on the way for us. I felt like the miracle is on the way for us. Is there anybody in the room with enough faith that says, I'm ready for my next season? I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to carry my baby. I'm going to carry my baby. I'm going to carry my baby. We got a lot of things we're believing for at this church. We're believing for a breakthrough over here. We're believing for a breakthrough over there. We're believing for God to do great things. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's time that we align ourselves together. We open up and say, Holy Spirit, you have room in this house. You have room in this church. You have room in this moment. Holy Spirit, we're after you. God, we're after you. And I know that when we align with him, I believe with all my heart and we're hospitable to him. We begin to serve. We begin to serve and we're faithful and we're consistent. We're going to be carrying that baby. And I can't wait. We're going to be carrying that baby. And so... I want the worship team to go ahead and come on. This is what she does. I want everybody to listen to me this last little minute. I want you to pay attention to what this woman does. She made room for him. 
Did you hear this? On the roof. This is the original upper room, if you will. Like, she made room for him in the upper room. She created an upper room. You know, the term upper room is synonymous with Acts 2. Because there, there were, they were, the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit fell, the Bible says it was the sound of a rushing wind. Sound of rushing wind that filled the entire house. As it was noted in Acts 2, verses 1 and 2. The, the word, the, that Greek word in, in the Bible is actually, it means this. It means to, it refers to a house or it actually refers to a living space. The Greek word is oikos. It refers to a house or a living space. This living space was the upper room. The term upper room, I want you to hear me, also suggests that it was part of a large structure. So it was an upper room, but it wasn't just, it wasn't the only room. It wasn't the only room. The room itself must have been fairly big because you're talking a minimum of 12 plus disciples in that room. When the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, we know this, that there were 120 people in the room. So not only was this a place of residence for the disciples, this was the same room where they held the Lord's Supper. Hear me. And they nominated Matthias, the next apostle, in that same upper room. It was also the room where Jesus appeared again to his disciples and washed their feet. It was also where the disciples gathered for prayer and worship when Christ ascended in heaven. All of this happened in the upper room. What does that tell us? That God likes to start at the top. He likes to start at the top. You see, God, when he, when he filled the upper room... Every other room became filled. It started at the top and worked its way. I wonder. I wonder what upper room God is still trying to work in today. But it's being kept out. As he, as he says, if you, if you let me in your upper room, I will impact every part of your body. If you, you know, if you would just invite me into your upper room, if you would invite me into your thinking, if you would invite me into your mind, if you would just make room for me in your upper room, I will take care of every room beneath. Did you hear me? If you would just make room. Holy Spirit, you're welcomed in this room. You're welcomed in this room. This morning, you fill my mind, fill my thoughts, fill my mind, fill my thoughts, remove every lie, remove every lie, remove every feeling, all the doubt, all the insecurity, all the, the negative thoughts. I tell myself I'm not good enough or I'm not qualified or I'm not smart enough. All the thoughts I tell myself, all the thoughts I say to myself are like, you're, you're not, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. I'll never be happy. It's not, it's good for them, but it's not going to be good for me. I, I'm not going to be happy. I'm never going to have a full life. All the lies that we tell ourselves. Oh, I'll never walk in healing. I'll never have my breakthrough. I'll never have my healing. I'll never have it. It's all the lies. Could it be that God is saying this morning, I'm glad you invited me into this space. But I really want to invade this space. Could it be that he's like super, that this is awesome. He, we, we gather and, and, and he fills the room. He does. 
But could it be that he's saying, I want to fill this space? You, you, could, you, can invite me, you can invite me to bless your home. Or you can invite me to fill your head. And then guess what? I'll tell you what home to buy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you everything you need to know. I, I'll, I'll just invite me in. I, if I fill your head, I'll show you what relationship to be in. And you, I'll show you what relationship. I'll show you where you need to go. I'll show you what you need to do. You won't, you, you don't just jump into a relationship and then ask God to bless it. But fill me, lead me, guide me. And then I know that his blessing is already on it. Why? Yeah, that's how faithfulness works. That's how faithfulness works. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.